Leave it blank. Hi, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And today we're here to talk about rap. Not talking about the music, we're talking about reclaimed asphalt pavement, one of, if not the most recycled material on the world by rate. If we look at the asphalt industry, it has constantly been known as one of the most diligent recycling industries in the world, where in the U.S. in 2020, more than 93% of all asphalt pavement was reclaimed and put back into old pavements, and the other 7% was used in other civil engineering applications, such as unbound aggregate bases. It's something that makes sense from an economic standpoint, from an environmental standpoint, and more and more, it's making sense from an engineering standpoint as well. So today, I'm really interested to hear how companies approach reusing asphalt pavements and to learn a little more about the research and performance design efforts that are employed to ensure that these materials continue to serve the traveling public's infrastructure with quality asphalt pavement services. So to help us with this conversation, we've invited Shane Buchanan from CRH America's Materials to be with us today. So welcome to the podcast, Shane. And can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at CRH? Yeah, thanks, Richard. Thanks, Brett. I've been with CRH for just over 10 years now, and I work in a role as Asphalt Performance Manager. So in a nutshell, my job is to help Opcos create value wherever possible, and that's done typically through training, troubleshooting, leading practices, development, you name it. It's really an interesting job every day trying to find value. So I know CRH serves many customers in a lot of different geographical areas, so I'm kind of curious on how RAP is looked at from a corporate standpoint, but then I'd also like to learn a little more about some of the differences when you get into specific areas of the operation. Well, RAP itself is viewed as one of the first priorities. It's part of really our overall sustainability program. Utilizing recycled materials effectively is something that's part of our overall corporate strategy. And we encourage OPCOs to maximize recycle use to whatever degree that they can, but do so very responsible, making sure the performance is not compromised when they do so. Across the U.S., we produce approximately 50 million tons of hot mix. About 21% of that is recycled. We use approximately 21% wrap in our mixes. And that varies from location to location. We have some that exceed that by quite a bit. And we have some locations that are below that for a variety of reasons. The main reason probably is specification differences across the opcodes. So you shared some of the stats on wrap use. And Richard also talked about some of the industry stats and the large quantities that are utilized. So I was curious if you see opportunities to grow recycle use and maybe how the supply chain or supply variances can actually impact that in addition to how agencies or specifications impact that? I always think there's opportunity and most every location has some opportunity to move recycle forward. Not all the mix is is agency or specified mix where they have limitations on recycle. You may be in a market where you have significant commercial residential opportunity. There's many reasons for not pushing wrap or not hitting the wrap level that you would desire. From an agency standpoint, at least, 
I think that's the perception that maybe wrapped is inferior in some form to a virgin mix. And I think that's kind of really hindered the industry from moving forward to the degree that we should. I think that really requires a strong educational effort to those agencies to make sure that we sell the truth and not let the narrative be defined for us. So RAP obviously will conserve resources. It really helps uh, as far as achieving sustainability goals, CO2E impact reduction. That's a huge emphasis for us as a company. And then RAP can be equal to, if not more consistent than virgin aggregate. That's another thing that we commonly hear. It's not consistent. And then probably most exciting for me is the opportunity to utilize new balanced mix design approaches to show that RAP can perform in the mix. Personally, as someone in the industry, I think that's the biggest opportunity that we have collectively as associated with with balanced mix design, not just with RAP, but it's really innovation in general. So I want to follow up a little bit. You talked a little bit about there are some negative perceptions out there on performance related to RAP. And you mentioned that balanced mix design may be an opportunity, but that's really only probably when we move to some of the more, for lack of a better word, advanced versions of BMD. How do we move the needle on this? And how as industry can we help either remove those negative perceptions? What data do we need to provide? Or how do we get people to move towards those portions of BMD that might allow us to use more recycled material? That's a great question. And that's probably something that I work every day. I think it begins with a strong kind of advocacy campaign with specifiers and with owners. I don't think we can just go like we historically have done and make the request without data to support our request. I think we have to do our own work internally, generate the data that shows RAP is an equal to or better product, and then meet with the specifiers to get solutions put in place as far as specification or allowances for projects. And then I think we have to partner with the owners and the specifiers and offer a solution that really limits the risk that they take on from an owner. It's always funny when you think about, at least from an agency standpoint, most of the agency people are engineers by trade. And in engineering school, one of the things that I remember was the factor of safety. You always had to have that in your design calculation. So I think it's inherent to those people to be risk averse. And we've got to give them data that kind of helps them be more comfortable making steps forward. And open houses is a great way to interact with specifiers and with owners, offer to construct trial sections for them. And really, at the end of the day, it's about spending some money to make some money and spend the time and resources to generate the data that shows that RAP makes as will perform. Secondly, there, you've got to have the people. And I think workforce is a huge concern for the industry. It's not just finding people, it's finding the right people with the right skill set, the right mindset that can really drive your mix design, your construction operation in the future. We're asking more of our people now than we ever have. And we've got to recognize that the industry is changing. We may have to go after a different type person than we have historically went after to make some of these things happen. You really need critical thinkers and go-getters. 
and people that are proactive, willing to step up to the plate and not afraid to make mistakes. You only really get better and find your true potential if you make mistakes along the way. And then lastly, I think it's critical that we sell sustainability to the owner. Every day, it seems that I'm getting questions about sustainability. What's the CO2 impact? What's an EPD? All these things. And that's really only taken off in the past nine months to a year. I've seen a huge increase in the number of questions. We need to give the owner something that they can take credit for. So give them a low carbon option and let them have the reward. As a company, I think we have to recognize that back to the workforce, a lot of these younger generation employees will be more and more focused on sustainability and the environment. And you've got to be, from a corporate standpoint, you've got to be committed to that to attract the generation of workers that you'll need. We've talked about using RAP kind of in our new standard dense graded mixes that again, like 21% is kind of the national average. And I know that there are some other uses of RAP that are out there. What are your thoughts on people using RAP as like an aggregate base or shoulder material, or it probably doesn't have as high value add, or even some people are doing more with like cold central plant now. I know that's very popular in the Virginia area. Are there ways that we maybe aren't thinking about the use of that material that we probably should be as an industry? It's funny you ask that. If you look at, I believe it's the Federal Highway Sustainability Roadmap document. I looked at this the other day. I think it's page seven where they actually have the statement that RAP should be used at the highest value. And the highest value is really direct replacement of what it is. So that RAP was a virgin mix at one point somewhere down the line. So replacing the binder and the aggregate in a new mix is really the highest value. So I I think no question that's where it should go first. You mentioned coal central plant recycling. I'm a big fan of that as an opportunity to really move a lot of wrap volume in areas where you have a surplus. We've got plants with wrap stockpiles that are massive and using that wrap at historical levels We'll never use that recycle. It will just continue to grow and grow and grow. So using 100% wrap, really like the coal central plant alternate, I think that's a great option. And from a sustainability standpoint, the CO2 impact there for that mix relative to a standard hot mix, it's almost nothing when you compare the two. So that's a huge opportunity. Using wrap for shoulder material or driveway turnouts, it almost makes me cry. To me, it's the ultimate waste of a valuable resource. I would just encourage agencies, owners, not to utilize RAP in that manner. So it's obviously important that the industry continues to reuse old pavements and the production of new asphalt pavements to really be responsible and use our resources in the right way. But I also know that there are non-pavement recycled materials used in asphalt pavements. So I was wondering if you could share some of the materials that CRH companies use in the production of new asphalt mixes and how the company approaches those products. Anytime you think about utilizing products in your mix, you've got to look at performance first. 
you just don't want to blindly utilize additives or byproducts for the sake of doing that. But we do uh, utilize a variety of materials, some plastics, for example, and the jury's probably still out on the long-term performance of plastic materials. Fibers are used in a lot of locations. We utilize a good bit of recycled or reclaimed asphalt shingles, not as much as we did probably four to five years ago, but we utilize a considerable amount. Recycled aggregates or byproduct type aggregates with your slag type products, all of those are utilized. Crumb rubbers is an opportunity. And again, we typically use these on a local type basis instead of across the board in a uniform fashion. Everything we're really within CRH Americas goes down to the local opco level. So there's a benefit cost associated with any products used in a particular market, really down to the plant level, looking at value. Now, what value does it bring? And all of this is really viewed through the lens of maintaining performance. It's the ultimate balance, right? You've got performance and then you have economics and you've got to weigh the two. And really, there's a third leg that's coming in with the whole sustainability. You've really got three that you have to look at at any one time. So we've drilled down a little bit into some of the specifics on these, but something that you mentioned earlier, I'd like to go back to, and that's where you talked about recycling is a major portion of CRH's sustainability kind of initiatives. And especially in publicly traded companies, the three letters ES and G are, are becoming very, very much important in terms of environmental, social, and governance. So really, how does recycling fit into an asphalt company's ESG efforts or focus? And how do you make sure that it aligns kind of with everything else as you're moving forward? Well, it's a key part. And if you read through the CRH sustainability report, for example, it's very clear that CRH has to sustainability and to the environment and to kind of reducing the impact on climate change. So in a nutshell, it's really the heart of the business strategy for CRH. The whole recycling is part of the sustainability effort. It's increasingly important in conversations with investors. If you listen in to any of the investor calls, for example, it's almost always mentioned as one of the keys. It's an imperative for our business. And we think that being sustainable it's just not about being green, but being sustainable can make you green from a financial standpoint, no pun intended, while also being green from an environmental and from a CO2 emissions standpoint. So we don't look at sustainability as a have to. Sustainability should be something that we should be driven toward because it's good. It's good for the business. It's good for the environment. It's good for all parties involved. Well, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, Shane, and sharing some thoughts about recycling and giving us a good insight into how companies are using recycle and approaching recycle. And really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. No, thank you very much. So my takeaway from today's discussion is that recycling, and especially wrap, really is an important part of asphalt producers' 
responsible use of resources and has a lot of different aspects of the business that it plays into, whether it's environmental, social, and governance reporting, or it's being environmentally friendly, or it's just being profitable and using the most cost-effective solutions. But in the end, we're using these recycled products to really be efficient and meet our customers' performance requirements and provide pavements that are truly going to last well into the future for our customers. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Pave It Black. Visit asphaltpavement.org slash podcast to find more episodes, suggest a topic or guest, become a sponsor, or learn more about NAPA. Pave It Black is produced and copyrighted by the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Music by Colleague. As always, thanks to the dedicated workforce connecting diverse communities all across America. Keep on paving it black.